So this morning, we come in our series in the attributes of God, our series, God is. We come to words that Ali read wonderfully for us in Psalm 33, that I don't think you had a clue I was going to read. We're going to read from Psalm 33, and this morning, look at God is omnipotent. So we'll read, uh, just for, for the joy of it, for the joy of reading scripture, we'll read all 22 verses of Psalm 33. And it reads, The steadfast love of the Lord. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of steadfast love of the Lord. By the love of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea up as a heap, and he puts Uh, the deeps in storehouses let all the earth fear the Lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him for he spoke and it came to be he commanded and it stood firm the Lord brings the counsels of the nations to nothing he frustrates the plans of the peoples. the counsels of the Lord stand forever the plans of his heart to all generations Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, for people, eh, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man from where he sits. Enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of, of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his steadfast love. That he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For the heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. As we open the word, shall we just come and bow in prayer? Our God, we thank you that we can gather in this way this morning. We thank you that we can open up your word together. And Lord, as we explore this morning a little bit of what it means that you are the all-powerful, omniscient God, would you speak uh, directly into our hearts? Would you speak to each one of us, teaching us something new of who you are? In your name we pray. Amen. Sorry, omnipotent, not omniscient. Omnipotent. It means that God is all-powerful. It means that God has... Where are we? We're moving cameras this way. Fantastic. It means uh, that he has unlimited power and influence. It means that he has the ability to do whatever he dictates. 
The word itself, of course, is not found in Scripture unless we look at the King James translation that I'll pick up uh, just towards the end in Revelation. But it is declared throughout all of Scripture. His omnipotence is seen in his acts of creating and sustaining everything that is in this world. It is seen in his relationship with mankind. It is seen in his relationship with the heavens. It is seen in his power over Satan and his rulings and his reignings and his dealings with this world. And scripture firmly declares that God has the power to do all he wills to do. He has both the resources and the ability to work his will into every circumstance in the universe. And if we prefer a simpler definition, very simply in three words, God is able. God is able to do all things. That's what omnipotence means. He is able to do everything that he needs to do or that he wants to do. We could easily find 500 verses in the Bible that assume that God is all-powerful. They either teach omnipotence or implicitly uh, assume it. God is all-powerful and he is able to do all things according to his will. And what I'd like to do this morning is there are so many scriptures that we could open up. So what I'd like to do is just break it down into four brief points for us that will hopefully give us an understanding of what it means that God is all-powerful. Nothing is too hard for God. No one can stop God's plans. He made all things and all things serve him. And he does whatever he pleases. We're going to take a little survey here because I'm going to use a different scripture for each of these points. And then I'm going to tie it back into Psalm 33 at the end. We read in Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God. It is you whom have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And then jumping into the Christmas narrative of Luke chapter 1. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her whom was called barren. And verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. There is no promise too hard for God to fulfill. God will always do what he promised. And through the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 7, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. How wonderful that God promised centuries before. And here we find the fulfillment of God's word in the Lord Jesus. Do you know, and I try and imagine for a moment what it would be like to be Mary in this situation. Do you know, just crying out, messenger of God, how on earth is this possible? I know and, and, and I trust in God, but it literally is not physically possible for me to bear a son. And the angel declares, but nothing 
is impossible for God. There are reckoned to be around 30,000 promises in the Bible. And we know, as Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, that all of them in him are yes and amen. Every promise God has ever made, God has fulfilled. There is no promise too hard for God to fulfill. There is no prayer too difficult for God to answer. There is no problem too complex for God to solve. And there is no person too lost for God to save. Why? Because nothing is too hard for God. There is nothing, not here on earth, not in the heavens, not anywhere, that is impossible for God. And scripture is packed with examples of God providing and making possible the impossible. Whether it's God flooding the earth and saving one man and his family. Whether it be the birth of Isaac to Abraham and Sarah in their old age. Whether it be Gideon's victory over the Midianites, 300 against some 100,000 or so. David defeating Goliath. Our saviour born to a virgin. Jesus healing the blind, the lame, casting out demons, raising the dead. The list goes on. And ultimately the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Nothing is impossible for God. And he proves it time and time and time again. Nothing is too hard for you, declared the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah adores God. And he adores his infinite perfections. You know, this is an ambitious prophecy in Jeremiah 32 of restoration for a nation that is utterly disobedient. And the destruction and the judgment of the Lord through their enemies is coming. Jeremiah confined to the courtyard because of his negativity. The siege, the second siege of Jerusalem, not far away. Things were not good. Things were bleak. And things were certainly about to get a whole lot worse. And in the midst of all of that, Jeremiah declares, but nothing, nothing is too hard for you. Our first question to you this morning is, Jeremiah trusted God, do you? Mary trusted God, do you? Do we know that whatever we find ourselves this morning, whatever the circumstances are that sit around us, that the Lord God Almighty, the Lord God Omnipotent is with us and he is able. He is able to meet our every need. He is able to provide everything that we need. Whether that be a peace that transcends all understanding, whether that be physically, whether it be spiritually, mentally, uh, emotionally, whether it be a joy that knows no bounds. Why? Because there is no promise too hard for the Lord to fulfill. There is no prayer too difficult for God to answer. There is no problem too complex for God to solve. And there is no person too lost for God to save. It's the first point of an all-powerful God. Nothing is too hard for him and he is with you. Secondly, no one can stop God's plans. And we read in Job 42 verse 2. 
I know that you can do all things and that no purposes of yours can be thwarted. We know the story of Job. His whole world had collapsed in such a short space of time. He became ridiculed by his friends, the laughingstock of his neighborhood. And Job, in an attempt to justify himself, demanded of the Lord that he know why. Why should this happen to me, a man that believes in you? Why should I suffer like this with the questions of his heart? But after his incredible encounter with the God of the universe, Job came to this realization that God knows all things and that God can do anything and that God must be trusted. That he must be trusted unquestioning by us to remain in charge of everything without interference or accusation from us. Those of us that have such a limited understanding of the deep depths of God those of us who are so limited in our understanding this side of eternity. Job was falsely accused by his friends. But the issue wasn't his good name, but it was the honour of the Lord. For if they were falsely accusing Job, they were also indirectly accusing God. And finally, Job came to this understanding that God can do anything and has the right to do anything without the creatures he created challenging that authority. Job came to an understanding that God can do anything and nothing that he plans is impossible and it will come to pass. But you know, for Job to reach that deep level of understanding, he had to come through a deep humbling of himself. A self-loathing almost of who he was and in repentance not just a repentance of sin, but a repentance of who he was before God. A recognition that without God, there is nothing good that dwells within him. Do you know, it was once said that the Son of God is revealed to us through the teachings of men. But the Son of God is revealed in us by the illumination of the Spirit. And this is the thrilling outcome here that we find in Job's encounter with God. And this is the lesson for us of faith and trust that God desires for all of us as his children to understand. That God can do anything. And that God has the right to do whatsoever pleases him. And that nothing he plans and nothing he purposes is impossible for he alone is God. And from that, Job knew that his purpose was to honour, love and obey God. To worship a holy God with every aspect of his life, despite the circumstances he faced. I love this quote from John Macduff, a 19th century Scottish Christian writer, and he says this. Believer, what can better support and sustain you amid the trials of your pilgrimage than the thought that you have an omnipotent arm to lean upon? There is no crossing his designs, no thwarting his purposes, no questioning his counsels. His mandate is law. He speaks and it is done. Despite our trials, friends, would we know that God has promised to be with us? That no one can stop our God and that no one and nothing stands in his way. We have lost a number of good and godly people from our church fellowship in this last couple of years. 
through a variety of circumstances. But I tell you what I find remarkable as I attend funerals and as I speak to people and as I hear stories from people of all walks of life. I am utterly amazed by the stories I continually hear of people knowing that they are reaching the end of life, of the peace and the knowledge that God is with them that they know. There is an understanding that the God Almighty is with them. There is an understanding that there is an eternity with that God Almighty after this life. And I love it. And I love it. And my prayer for each one of us is that when we reach those dark and difficult days, whether it be towards the end of the life or something that we face now, whether it be isolation and a pandemic, is that we would know that the Lord God Almighty is with us. God is not some curled up figure in a corner desiring our praise, needing our worship to build him up. God is not some egotistical character that needs us. But God through his good and perfect will created us so that we might know him and be in relationship with him and sent his son to come and die because he loves us. What can better support and sustain you amid the trials of your pilgrimage than the thought that you have an omnipotent arm to lean upon? The answer is nothing. Why? Because as Job says, I know that you can do all things. And I know that no purposes of yours can ever or will ever be thwarted. Whether you are a young Christian at the beginning of your walk, whether you've been walking with the Lord for decades, whether you're in the prime of, the life, of your life or drawing near to the time that the Lord is calling you home, there is absolutely nothing better to support and sustain you through the trials of life than the God Almighty who is able. Because he is able. Do you know, I love this image of the omnipotent arm to lean upon? What a comfort. Would each of us know that omnipotent, almighty arm that surrounds us? Thirdly, he made all things and all things serve him. The wonderful words of Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. One amazing picture of our Lord Jesus. All things created. Then we're given this description. Everything on heaven and earth, both visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Just in case you had any doubt as to what the word all means. We're given this description that literally encompasses everything. Everything that has been created. Created by Jesus, through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is like any, un, unlike any other person who has walked this world because he is uncreated. He is unlike us in the sense that he was not created. He didn't come into existence born of the virgin as we celebrate at Christmas. But he was in the beginning with God. 
He is the uncreated one, part of the Godhead, who has the power and the authority to speak and creation comes into being. He's the He is our sustainer and he created all things. Right now you are breathing. Your lungs are working. Your heart is beating because the Lord Jesus himself gives your heart rhythm. He is providing strength and he is providing air to your lungs. Jesus is doing that. He is our creator. He is our sustainer. He is our Lord. All things were created by him, through him, and for him. The message here is it's all about him. We are created for him. For his glory. For his exaltation. Not ours. And as we exalt him, we praise him as creator. We praise him as sustainer. We praise him for giving us life. We praise him for sustaining our life. And not just our life, but the lives of those around us. We praise him because the world is spinning right now. Because he is causing it to rotate. We praise him because the sun is shining just now. And the moon is shining somewhere in the world right now. Because he is causing it to shine. The oceans stop where they do at the coast because that is where he tells them to stop. Everything that is created is responding to his words right now. What should our response then be to that? God, you are all powerful and everything that we have is yours. We belong to you. You are our creator. You own us and we're so glad that you do we are so glad because you are such a loving God and such a merciful sustainer and you have made a way for us to be safe from our sins and to experience true life in you I love this prayer that's offered by David Platt a great pastor who has a fantastic book called Radical that challenges really everything of what it is to be a Christian in a middle class world it's a fantastic book but he says this Use our lives today for you. Use our voices today for you. Use our hearts, our minds, our actions today for you. Use our work today for your glory. Cause our marriages, our lives as single brothers and sisters to bring you glory. Use our parenting for your glory. Use our relationship with our parents to bring you glory. Everything. Every relationship we have, every thought we possess, every desire we have, everything. Every word we say, every action we take, Jesus, may it be done for you today. Such wonderful words to come from the thought based in Colossians 1.16. Everything we possess, God, use it for your glory. And lastly... He does whatever he pleases. Psalm 115 verse 3. Which simply said our God is in the heavens. He does all that pleases him. This verse very simply teaches us that when God acts, he acts in a way that pleases him. God is never constrained or pressured into doing anything that he doesn't want to. 
He's never backed into a corner and his only option is to do something that he hates to do. But he does whatever pleases him. And therefore, in some sense, he has pleasure in all that he does. And this should lead us to bow before God as we gaze upon his sovereign greatness. That in the sense, God is always acting with freedom according to his own will and his own good pleasure. God is never the victim of circumstance. God is never forced into a situation. He never becomes trapped. He's never mocked. He's never cornered. He's never coerced. And even at the one point in history where he did what was in one sense the hardest thing for God to ever do, to not spare his own son, God was free in doing what pleased him. The self-sacrifice of Jesus was a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God, Paul tells us in Ephesians 5. The greatest sin, the greatest death, and the hardest act for God was in some profound way pleasing to the Father. And you know, I, I can't quite wrap my head around this, but on his way to Calvary, the Lord had everything that he created in heaven and earth at his disposal. Jesus had it all. And he declares in the words of John 10, 18, no one takes my life from me, but I will lay it down of my own accord, of his own good pleasure. Do you know the amazing thing here is that at the one moment in history that the creator of the universe looked trapped, Jesus was totally in charge and in control, doing precisely what pleased him, which was dying to glorify the Father and justifying the ungodly. That is us. And this is the point I want to leave us on that I absolutely love this morning. God does whatever pleases him. And the beautiful news of this is that if you are in the Lord Jesus this morning, you please him. You are able to approach a holy God with a slate wiped clean because you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ made possible by his death as he took your sin and your shame to Calvary. Your salvation pleases God. You do not disappoint God you do not surprise God you are in him you are fully justified you are fully free you see God doesn't just tolerate us or put up with us but you delight him we delight the Lord God almighty the creator and the sustainer of all things we as his people delight him. I love the words of Revelation 19.6. Hallelujah for the Lord God the Almighty reigns. Or if we read it in the good old King James. Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Hallelujah indeed that the Lord God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah that our eternal destinies are based on God and dependent on him and not upon us. Hallelujah that the price is paid in full. Hallelujah that nothing is too hard for him. 
Hallelujah, that no one can stop his plans. That all things were created by him and serve him. And that he will do what pleases him. And back to those words of Psalm 33, verse 20 to 22. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. This morning, know that if you know and love the Lord Jesus, you please him. That he is the Lord God Almighty that will do everything that pleases him. And the wonderful news is being the people of God isn't some secret thing. There isn't something you have to do to enter into the family of God. Well, you do have to do something. And that is putting your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus. And the wonderful news, the wonderful news is that you can do it now. You come before God recognizing your own fallenness, recognizing your own sinfulness. And expressing a desire for new life. To become a new creation in the Lord Jesus. Putting your faith and your trust in the death and the resurrection of the God Almighty. Who died for you to take away your sin and wipe your slate clean. That friends is the God Almighty. There is nothing in this world that will bring comfort like he can. There is nothing and no one that will be able to save us. But him. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in his holy sight. He will hold me fast. He will not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost. He will hold me fast. Let's pray. Our Lord God Almighty, we gather as your people this morning to declare that indeed you reign. That indeed you reign and you rule over all things. That you are creator and sustainer and that you are with us in all things. God, would we be so encouraged as we open the pages of scripture and we see a faithful God that always carries through on his promises, that never leaves or abandons his people. And when we know that that promise stands true for us, that you will never leave us or abandon us, but that we are safe and secure, that we can lean on the omnipotent arm, that you hold us fast, and that we are safe and secure in the arms of a loving God. We thank you that we can gather in this way this morning. We are excited in anticipation, Lord, for gathering around your table next week to celebrate the death of the Lord Jesus. God, we worship you. We give you all the praise and the glory. For your son's name's sake, we pray. Amen.